2.1% up. Markets in Asia are trading firmer at this hour. Japan's Nikkei 2.1% higher as a weaker yen supports exporters. Hong Kong's Hang Seng has added 0.1%. Mainland China's Shanghai Composite Index 1.7% up. Australia's ASX All Ordinary Share Index is 1.7% lower. The Sensex on India's Bombay Stock Exchange has declined by 1.1%. And looking at commodities, gold is trading at $1,089, platinum at $939 an ounce, and the price of Brent crude oil at this hour, $47.80 a barrel. And uh, we are joined on the line now by our market analyst, uh, probably very sad this morning, Clive Ntozamantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Hello. Good morning to you, Sakina, and to the rest of the listeners. I just want to say that uh, at least I'm glad you've got a job this morning. (laughs) That was a very weak (laughs) halala, and I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking, could it be because pirates lost? And I'm thinking, nah, it's probably Atile, you know, making sure that you're getting no sleep these days. Oh. He's already started that boy. I'm very worried. <laughs> so there, he'll be fine and you'll be fine too. Looking yeah. at the Asian stocks, uh, Clive, they were split with Chinese and Japanese equities rallying while the smaller Asian markets seem to have retreated. Yeah, you know, that, those good news that came out of the U.S. obviously last week, Friday, did strengthen the dollar quite considerably. And what has happened now is even the guys that were doing well, the emerging market space that we all trust and, trust and, and have been tested uh, to be strong in the past, are starting to feel a, a little bit of a pinch of the strengthening dollar. I mean, I was looking at the Ringgit, for example, which is also down by about uh, 1.4%. So the RAN is not the only emerging uh, market uh, currency that's feeling the heat at the moment, specifically because if you look at the area which we're talking about, which is about Asia, South Pacific, it's also pretty much under a lot of pressure because of that uh, strong dollar earlier. It includes the yen in Japan as well, which has also weakened, which means it will hurt, obviously, exports in Japan, which is not great for them um, because it means that it costs them a bit more than it should be. So it's becoming a very serious problem on that front. Uh, if you look at also what's been affected, Sakina, it's the uh, 10-year bond yields, um, specifically uh, the Australian ones as well. Uh, they were assisted slightly by the... Uh, uh, strength of the dollar. Uh, unfortunately, that was short-lived because by early hours of this morning, when those the Asian markets looked very dire, then it started to suffer a little bit, which they are down now by 0.48%, which is not great. But other than that, uh, the Asian markets are a little bit mixed, but mostly in the positive. Uh, but it just shows you that the strength of the dollar, what it does to other emerging markets when it does get that strength and that momentum. Well, the, the, the world's economy, um, you know, it's growing at a slower pace than the International Monetary Fund and other large forecasters are predicting. So what does all of this mean, Clive? It's not a good, um, it's not a good sight. Let's just put it that way. The world economy is growing at the slower pace than that of the IMF has made. And even larger uh, um, uh, 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 forecasters are so also predicting that the world growth is not low. What does this mean in the bigger picture of things? I mean, we've seen how tough it has been already. Somebody said to me, we must fasten our seatbelt. And I said to them, you know, what if you don't have a belt to fasten? And it becomes a problem. So what is happening now is the global expectations have been revised almost three times in the last five years meaning that the world economy is definitely not strong at all and it doesn't spark any confidence. That's why it's difficult to actually get negotiations going and getting that all-important FDI into the emerging market. So what does this mean for um, us as South Africa? It means that we have to be a bit more competitive 
and try and patch up where we can to become more uh, attractive to the rest of the world in terms of the economy. I'm just I'm mentioning things like uh, Agoa, for example, which we should actually be looking to strengthen those relationships it should be if we're going to be providing food security for the rest of the African continent. So it's very, very important key elements, uh, Sakina, that we need to be aware of that makes us a bit more competitive and a bit more attractive to the rest of the investors in the world. And uh, this news just in uh, from MTN um, about um, uh, Dabengwa resigning. What's your take on that? Two things. Um, when the kitchen... When it gets hot, what is it? When the kitchen gets hot or something. Mm-hmm. If the kitchen is too hot, you don't have to get out of the kitchen. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't cook, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing that's important. When things go pear-shaped um, and the leadership, and we know the strong management that MTN has, and we know about Putuma, he's been brilliant at the helm. Uh, by the way, he's replacing him as interim CEO because so, he's the chairman. So what's going to happen now is that he's taking the reins. And they pulled him back. I remember they pulled him back about three, four years ago after he had left MTN. They got him back again to come and stabilize things. And now the saga comes out to the fast $2.2 billion fine. I think what they're trying to do is say, well, you were at the sir, and you knew what was going on, and you knew what, who made the decisions not to uh, deregister those SIM cards. And you know that we had made a lot of money in that, but now it's, gone, it's cost us even more the money that we had made in that interim period. So somebody had to take the fall, and uh, this man has chosen to follow his thoughts, Akina. That's my take for it. And I think that it's a good thing. It shows that the strong relationship, it shows that they're accountable, and they want to move on and get better things done. And hopefully these negotiations go well, and the Nigerian people are very forgetful, and they forgive us, and their business continues. <laughs> uh, do you think he's the only one who should fall on his sword, though? Akina, the, the head, the head, you know, um, the head, the head must always be the one at the helm. Uh, the decision-making across who else must be uh, involved will come from the board deciding if there's enough reason to believe that other people also influence the decision that was made. So I reckon the head, if you chop the head, then you can still fix other things. You know, there's a saying that says, if your thumb or something gets painful and then you chop it and then you should be fine. I think it's from the Bible, your eye or something, something like that. But what it means is that if you are actually going to get rid of something that you know is at the cause of problem, you might be able to still utilize what is remaining. doesn't mean you have to fire everybody. That's my take on it. Well, thank you so much uh, to our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. So as we've uh, just said, 